You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and happy Monday. Happy Bills Week. Happy Cyber Monday. Happy after Thanksgiving to one and all in Pat's Nation. Hello, Pat's pals and Foxborough friends. This is the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by WEIFM Boston, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. You got your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo hot with you. We are fired up because, like I said, it is Bills Week. The Buffalo Bills are coming back to town victorious in four of their last five against the Patriots. Of course, you guys know what happened last year, et cetera, et cetera. But before we start hopping on board the hype train and trying to circle the wagons for the big Thursday night showdown, uh, Jumbo, we have to take a quick peek back at last week uh, because, of course, the Patriots play two Thursday games in a row. Last week was the Sunday night football presentation on a Thursday where the Pats went to the skull hole, as we like to call it, U.S. Bank Stadium, and lost a winnable game, which seems to be a common thread to the Patriots' losses this season, 33-26. It was a great watch. I think both of us agreed on the postgame show. It was a fun game to watch. Uh, We saw the offense wake up. The Patriots were competitive at every level. Yet, once again, self-inflicted wounds seemed to do the Patriots in. So, now that you've had a couple of days to sit with it to marinate, you know, leftovers are always tastier after Thanksgiving night. How are you sitting with, and how are you feeling about last Thursday night's game? I think it leaves the Patriots in the mix. Like, I think that's my takeaway from not just Thursday night's game, but mm-hmm. from watching a weekend of football mm-hmm. in the, in the AFC where on paper, things didn't go the Patriots way. Cause teams you would have liked to have ended with an L did not. And you know, the chargers, for example, pull out a game in the end. Um, yeah, Staley's analytics finally finally work out for him, and Justin Herbert delivers a dime on the two point conversion. Which um, candy from a baby was like at least put oh, on flight. You you, you or I could have completed that pass. That guy <laughs> was so <laughs> wide open. Um, and it, of course, it's no Patriots fan or Bill Belichick's fault that the Jetropolitans start Mike White instead of Zach Wilson. And Mike White's uh, first start of 2022, he is gifted. The uh, Trevor Simeon, Nathan Peterman combo with Justin Fields out with the Bears visiting MetLife. Yeah, there was a bit of an overreaction to that game, um, but we can get to that in a minute. But just mm-hmm. like it, it just feels like like there was one point I turned on the games at almost halftime, maybe. And it felt like every game was 10, 9, 12, 10, mm-hmm. like these sort of slug fests like just slogs and my takeaway was oh the Patriots will take those like keep those coming over the next six weeks and I think that's how Bill Belichick would like to play this team would like to play find a way to win instead of 
finding a way to lose. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't give up the kickoff return for a touchdown like you did against mm -hmm. the Vikings, or maybe you get the call from the officials like you didn't against the Vikings on that yep. play. So I think my my takeaway is I think you're in the mix like this. There may we're doing a lot of comparing to past seasons. Like a year ago, it was you went from number one seed to getting your ass whooped by the Bills in the postseason. You didn't belong pretender. Mm -hmm. And the year before that, people were trying to sell me on a path, a Cam Newton path to the postseason. Ah, the path, the good old yeah. days. I I never really took too many steps down said path. Like I didn't really buy into it. This year, I think you're in the happy middle. I, I think everybody's accepted you're not a number one seed. You're not a contender. You're not that. But I think you have a very legitimate um, belief or feeling mm -hmm. or right to believe you are in the mix in the AFC. And for this season, for this year, for these coaches, for everything that's gone on, I kind of feel like that's a decent spot to be. Like, it, that's okay. It's yeah. okay that you're in the mix. Yeah, it's 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 not like we're going full participation trophy saying like, good job, good effort, Patriots. It's more along the lines of, okay, so progress post Tom Brady hasn't been made to a point where you're not Buffalo, you're not Kansas City, and you might not get there again or anytime soon. Nope. And that's sort of okay-ish. I know Pats fans would immediately love to see them return to perennial Super Bowl contention. That's oh, not triple dynasty. Is that what we're yeah. doing? Triple uh, we're, dynasty. Yeah, we're going to go triple dynastic now. Like, no, come on, everybody. Let's, let's try to just like dabble in something that I know virtually most of us don't want to live in. And that's reality. And the reality is like you said, yesterday's games where, you know, save Miami throttling and then taking their foot off the gas against the Texans. Like I could tell you straight up, like they've obviously beat the jets twice. And that's largely due to Zach Wilson's incompetence. Now, Mike Wilson, Mike white, excuse me, provides you know competence not nothing elite like robert sala said he made the easy look easy and that's all they asked him to do uh i'll gladly take these patriots going toe-to-toe -to -toe or hanging with either the Bengals or the titans Bengals pull it out 20 to 16 and what a walk-off for ted karras if you haven't seen that viral clip please i'm god am i so mad they let that guy go especially after i see him walk off the field and tell tennessee where they can tuck it and suck it that was epic the funny thing is just love that, that guy I, I love him too but that is publicly anyway out of character and mm -hmm. i mean this is a guy that i can't tell you how many hours i spent listening to him talk about the nfl pa and the post playing career opportunities it provides for its players and why he's going to Harvard Business School on the bagel at the, you know, the, and, and then you got this guy, like screaming every vulgarity in the book. That was visceral. That was awesome. Didn't it seem personal? Like it somehow felt like every kind person of. in that crowd had a personally offended or attacked him at some point, And right. he was fighting back. Like it was a weird situation. Yeah, your uncle was overrated and Webster <laughs> was a weird show. Like, whoa, what? this yeah. all did seem kind of out Webster of character. carried that old man. <laughs> It, it but like strange. when you got guys like Pat McAfee tweeting it out saying like, I love this. This was awesome. And you got, you know, you got tryhards and fraud squads and troll patrols all retweeting it or liking it for different reasons. I mean, for me, it, I got a big kick out of it. And then also it reminded me like, hey, guys, we probably didn't need to draft Cole Strange if we actually just kept the guy in house who when you inserted him at guard last season, the offensive lines grades shot up like 25 percent to 50%, like he's a good player and yep. they underbid by $2 million. Like 
it was just a it was a Belichick misread. And now for that fire and the intelligence and the quality of play he's brought to the Cincinnati line. Okay, anyway, be that as it may, as some like to say, and I digress, as I will also often say, you could hang with Tennessee, you can hang with Cincinnati, you can hang with the Jets, you can hang you can hang with the Chargers. I think the Patriots can hang with any team basically four through seven right now, or four through eight, which like you said, puts you in the mix of mediocre, which is kind of a goodish spot to be. Now, I will say, looking ahead to the Bills, you didn't hang with them the last two times you played them, and that's, you could get an eye-opener on Thursday night. Now, like, because I thought you hung with the Vikings, who on paper are one of the best Mm -hmm. teams in the National Football League, whether that paper is the standings, Mm -hmm. or whether that paper is just, ooh, look at their depth chart. That Jefferson Mm -hmm. guy's pretty good, but so's Hawkinson, so's Cook, so's Thielen. Like, so... You and if you do it. Uncle Fitzy's old transitive property, like, hey, the Vikings beat the Bills, you hung with the Vikings, therefore you should be able to hang with the Bills, right? Uh, probably not, but you know <laughs> we can get into that in the preview. So, but just, and I've said this before, I think on our podcast, like people like you, you people, for example. Here we go. All right, now, I why we don't have a sponsor for the you people portion of this because you must do it at least three times a show. But am I wrong to say you people? have kind of accepted what we just talked about your lot in life that you're not like a step away from dynasty a step mm-hmm. away from the chiefs a step away from the super bowl mm-hmm. and maybe that's okay maybe it's okay to just be enjoying the fight like the competition enjoying whatever's going on with mac mac jones because that's another thing i'd say if you watch this weekend there were a lot of quarterbacks on the field that i think you'd say I like our guy. I like our guy better than that guy. Like there were sort of journeyman backups on the Mm -hmm. field, you know, whether they were winning or losing, some of them put up nice performances. Like I just think the, uh, the opposite of resigning yourself to the fact that you're not that good. How about embracing that you are competitive and like you're in the mix and it could, you could be Carolina or you could be these other teams that are scuffling and bumbling and don't have a quarterback or you could be Tom Brady who's got a losing record and is in first place and if you were in the NFC South we'd be in first place exactly and if they were in any other division my damn prediction that they weren't going to make the playoffs would be freaking right honest to honest to God seriously but Tom Brady only puts up 17 points in Cleveland now once again here it is like Bailey Zappi puts up a 30 something burger in Cleveland old Jacoby Brissett doesn't look nearly as good. Completes the great pass to Cooper in overtime. Like happy to see that member of the Wolfpack get the win yesterday. And before he gets to shown the door for Deshaun coming back this week, I'm glad Jacoby Brissett rolls out with a W. But Andy, this is the NFL 2022. Games where teams coast in as clear favorites and in everyone's mind, in eliminator pools, fantasies, DFS, everywhere. They uh, Parlays and probably a lot of uh, money line parlays especially. You've got people left and right picking Tampa Bay, picking Tennessee, probably at home, picking Baltimore. Trevor Lawrence has his best game as a pro against the Ravens in a shootout with LaMarvelous. Um, it's it's just so completely unpredictable every week. And while I've said that I think the quality of play is pretty lousy, Brady has said as much as have others, I'm, gonna, I'm starting to fall in line overall with both the Patriots' lot in life and what this new NFL is all about. In, in so much as I'm kind of embracing it the way you just said, like embrace the idea that you're like a competitor. You're not elite. You're not a title contender, but you are a playoff and postseason and win any given Sunday, Thursday, or maybe one Saturday out of the year contender. And I'm okay with that as a Pats fan. 
because mostly I saw progress from Mac Jones last Thursday. That's my biggest takeaway. Mac Jones woke the blank up last Thursday, had himself, I'd say, his best day as a pro. And when you say, I'll take our guy over their guys, I'll take Mac Jones. Let's do that real quick. Ready? Mac Jones or Ryan Tannehill? Mac Jones. Mac Jones or name the Jets starting quarterback? Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones or... Panthers quarterback. (laughs) Um, Would you take Mac Jones over anyone in the AFC West not named Herbert or Mahomes? The car one is tough for me. I'd certainly take him over (laughs) Russ Wilson, who's fighting (laughs) with defensive linemen on the field on his own team. Mike Purcell was basically all of us or at least spoke out for everyone who wasted a draft pick on Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, that's a tough one for me. Carr or Mac? Mac or Carr? I'd probably take Mac for the upside. And you said it. Like the funny thing, I'm torn. I agree with you. Mac is trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I posted on our website yesterday. I think he's bouncing back after bottoming out. Like we saw him hit rock bottom. The struggles, the offense, the injury, everything. The one thing I would say that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, back to acceptance. So you're saying his best career game, potentially, happened on Thursday Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. What happened in the end? Ah, uh, they lost. <laughs> right. So yeah. that's a weird dynamic to be in. But you're right. He was accurate, spread the ball around. You know, we even got back to his, deep, the ball, his deep passes looked to like really that's sharp. that's what they wanted to do to start the year. And everybody who caught a ball had a ball of like 25 yards plus. Like they mm-hmm. were all making Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter mm-hmm. Henry. These guys who were kind of forgotten, who couldn't make plays, who mm-hmm. were making more mistakes than plays. We're doing the job. So, but all that being said, it wasn't enough. You end up losing on the road to Minnesota. And I know there were calls and there were kick returns. So that's that weird land they're in right now. But if I don't know how you couldn't be. Optim- well, I do know how we could yeah. sh- we could bring Shime in. I was going to say I don't know how you couldn't be optimistic right now for Mac Jones, but just bring Shime in. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I saw Shime's tweet after the game, like, "Oh, congrats, Pats fans! Like Mac Jones finally looks good." Here's the problem: the rest of the team looks like shit. Like, oh, come on, can we just have one nice thing? Like, I didn't go to bed. I didn't sign off the post game show at one a.m. as frustrated. I mean, I signed off frustrated, but. I was still heartened a little bit or given a little bit of hope, a glimmer of hope, if you will, that, hey, they might be able to turn this around or at least keep up with these teams and make a legitimate playoff push because Mac Jones, for the first time in a long time, looked like either the guy who had a sensational rookie season or is just two years removed from a national championship and one of the most efficient college football passing seasons of all time. Here's the thing. You harp on this all the time. I've heard you time and again here on our pod, on the radio station and more, talking about like, what in the holy hell is up with all of these mistakes? The self-inflicted wounds. You've called it bad coaching. You even had the stones to say that last season was one of Bill Belichick's worst coaching seasons because of all of these inexplicable errors, uh, the mistakes, the penalties. So I ask you this, A, is it possible they clean those up in time to sort of like marry or catch up to how Mac Jones and the offense are progressing, or are those going to be their undoing again? Because Pierre Strong running into the punter, giving them a free set of downs, which turns into a touchdown, uh, allowing a kickoff return, penalty, a whiff on a cut block by Trent Brown, which allows for a sack. Just out of the blue, he decides to go for go for broke on a huge pass blocking opportunity. Like these are weird things. Patriots, they were always the team that capitalized on that, Andy. And now they're the team 
being victimized by it. And going on more than a 12-month span being victimized by it. This goes back that's to the, That's year. the troubling aspect. You know, the, the old Belichickian phrase, don't be an error repeater. Well, mm -hmm. maybe not individually they're not repeat, but as a team, they become error repeaters. And, like, I'd even throw the Judon jumping off sides, trying to anticipate this. And like, just little... Mm -hmm. Little things that when you're where we are talking about them being like in a dog fight, you're competing, but you're really, you know, it's a fine line between winning and losing. Those are the things that cause the losing. Even Pilardi, who was one of the negatives I thought of his second game as a Patriot. Not yeah, you, the your like, boy, the Pilardi party is over. It's a short party. Apparently it's not a midweek party. It's only on the weekends some, for the Pilardi party. Better, better punter, um, Michael Pilardi or Randy Velarde. 617. <laughs> so. That is a concern for me, special teams in particular. A lot of people this offseason were like, you know, if that performance from 2021 happened to any other team's special teams coach, he's fired. Like, you move on from that coordinator because there were just too many mistakes. On too Now, Bill doesn't really fire people in season um, and accord. I don't you know, think they can afford to fire any coaches, Andy, because they have so few to be. Don't they have, like, the fewest coaches on staff in the league? Well, sort of. They don't name as many coaches as other teams do. In but terms you know what I mean? Like, it's a short yeah. staff. Oh, oh, I wouldn't feel good about... I mean, they already have a... Well, to be fair, maybe they could move the quarterback's coach to special teams because that's actually his specialty. And maybe that would solve some of the problems. And maybe Cam Accord could be the quarterback's coach. Hey, may, he's just as qualified, probably. You never... <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, the thing that I found interesting, and I don't know if you saw, Bill got a little defensive yesterday at his press yeah, conference. I was just going to bring that up. I think it was our buddy, Alan Siegel, who was oh, at the was. presser. Yep, I love Alan. He's, he's, a, he's a gentleman at that, and he's an experienced NFL reporter. And he asked him about uh, the high number of penalties, correct? Was it defensive yep. or just overall? No, no, no. It was just overall that they are mm -hmm. top 10 in penalties not top 10 in in like fewest penalties not a good stat but a bad mm -hmm. stat they have too many penalties yep. correct and bill turned it defensive and so we don't have that many defensive penalties like well nobody said that we're talking about you as a team oh wait so right. you're going to fixate on the one part of the ball where you don't have penalties and we'll ignore offense and special teams where you do have it's another one of his um moving the goalpost loser laments that have become common in the last couple of years which is so strange for somebody like him who we took to no, and it saw him build a reputation of just flying above that, about always exceeding expectations and achieving so much greatness that you didn't have to worry about the statistical muck and mire and excuse making that the rest of the league was left in because normally they were all choking on your dust. Now, here Glad you said dust there. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> I know it's early, but uh, I'm semi composed. Uh, it's all right. Hey. Hey, that was fun. I, are you paying attention, everyone? You never know where this one's going to go. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and now Belichick is oddly making excuses or getting defensive. That was my big I listened to it live, and I thought, wow, that's kind of a, as opposed to like, hey, got to do a better job, you know, got to coach him up. Like, we can't do this because I think we have enough talent to win games and self-inflicted wounds are not going to get it done in the 2022 NFL. It was more getting very chippy with Allen, which I yeah. was surprised by. See, um, I was surprised three years ago when it started in the Cam Newton year. Now it's people who say it's uncharacteristic Belichick. Mm, no, you are what you are recently, like your mm -hmm. most recent. And the last three years, that's what he's become. And I think we're learning, and I've said this a little, 
it's easy to be magnanimous and consistent and all these things when you're winning, when you're sitting on top, like when you're up on the throne. I always say it when I coach kids, like anybody can win. You learn nothing about teammates, coaches, family, friends during winning because winning's fun. It's easy. Everything's rolling. As Matthew Slater told Mutt and I last week, <laughs> it may not cure all that ails a team, but winning covers up almost everything. And I think you see that with Belichick. And then as you start to face adversity and questions and losing and these types of things, it's not so easy to sit up on your high horse and be the king. Like you don't have the hammer anymore because you've taught us over the years that facts are hammers, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Like forget opinions and columns and all this like glamour facts are hammers. And when you hold the facts on your side, the fact is you have too many penalties. So you can try to paint it however you want. Like this offseason when he tried to paint, well, defensively, statistically, we were pretty good. Oh, is that what you want to go with? You were good defensively? Because last we saw you play the Bills, you couldn't stop them at all. At all. You couldn't. Two games in a row. The last two games against the Bills, uh, you don't make them punt. Nope. And you the average margin of defeat was 21 points. And you know what I didn't remember? I actually I looked this up close. this morning. Is that. The Bills not only dominated you, scored touchdowns every time they had the ball. Like, that whole thing was obvious. Didn't make them yep. punt. Right. They went six for six in the red zone. They went six for six on third down. Like, so the most important stats, the money's like the prove it. They owned you in every possible fashion. They could not have bullied you anymore. And that's a, a defense that Bill has the audacity to say, you know, statistically, we ranked pretty hot. Like, oh, my, please put that yeah. away. That's terrible. Like I, so yes, he gets, he's gotten very defensive in a lot of those negative stats or areas when people are pointing out facts, right? right. He, people aren't like making anything up. These are stack stats and facts and he has not responded well, but I do think there's an opportunity here to turn a corner in that direction. Mm -hmm. And if we see Mac turning a corner and the, the flip side of that, is the defense, right? Like we talked about, they were going to face challenges down the stretch that they hadn't seen yet. How are they going to react? Okay. It didn't go well in, in Minnesota. You couldn't stop Justin Jefferson. You couldn't stop anybody else, but it, but it wasn't as bad as the, the final score indicates because I know they lose, they lose 33, 26, but they, the defense doesn't give up the kickoff return touchdown. So now you say it's 26, 26 mm. and that extra touchdown I, I'm not really holding them as accountable for that touchdown because oh, you're not holding them accountable. They Chuck. get the moral victory of making them making Minnesota punt. And then Pierre strong, who I hope I never see on kickoff again or punt protection or any other special team. Uh, although you do have a shortage of players with his youth talent and strength. He makes the most stupidest, stupidest thing in the world running into running into the kicker. That was such a bad penalty. It was such a bad penalty. That's what other teams do except now we almost have to expect the Patriots to make those kind of mistakes. I mean, three years seems like a trend. They've been doing these dumb things for three years. Like, it is what it is. And I pointed out in the postgame, Andy, that little things as well hurt your team. Like, you you brought up, you know, Pilardi not having a great night. One good punt, two lousy punts. Let's also bring up Nick Folk having to take over kickoff duties again, which he has not done right. during his Patriots tenure because Jake Bailey – Bigger leg, better on kickoff. Now Jake Bailey can't kick off. That was in a dome, and Folk only was getting the ball down to about the five. Mm -hmm. Now what's going to happen when it's freezing cold Thursday night and Gillette and the wind is swirling around and it feels like there's razor blades in the air? How are Nick Folk's kickoffs going to go then? Or more importantly, for my perspective, because I actually don't think Bill thinks those short kickoffs are the worst thing in the world. Like if Nick Folk kicks it as hard as he can and every time it's to like the five, the three, the seven, somewhere in there – 
I think Bill looks at it as an opportunity to cover and give his special teams units an opportunity to make plays. I wonder the wear and tear. Like anybody who's watched Nick Folk kind of at training camp, and he's an aged kicker. Like mm-hmm. he looks old. He kind of does his thing, knows how to take care of his body, but he's an experienced football gentleman. Yes. Now you ask him to go out there and put all he has probably into these kickoffs to get it down. I just wonder. And I know from afar, like some guy sitting on go, oh my God, ooh, we asked him to kick off three times. I could do that in my bet. I just think it's probably not ideal for his production where he makes his money. And that's right. going four for four, five for five when you need him to on field. From within 50 yards, uh, right. be it indoors or in the elements. And I think this begets the question, Tristan Viscayano added back to the practice squad recently, can he punt? Because I'm sure his kickoffs would probably be a lot longer than Nick Folks. Yeah, I it's going to be interesting to watch the special teams this Thursday night and moving forward, like all of it. Yep. Coverages, you know, who's mm-hmm. doing what, you know, Matthew Slater was part of the kickoff return. Like I know there was a hold, but Matthew Slater was a little bit out of position on that play. So just that overall unit um, has something to move forward with, because I think it's going to matter. You you can't gloss over it. You're not going to be, you know, you said the Dolphins, you know, took their foot off the get. You're not going to be a halftime up 30 to nothing and just cruising to victories. That's not the way this team is built. And as the defense faces more challenges, okay, that's great. Like, we'll see how they meet the challenge. And as the offense gets better, okay, that's great too. Maybe they score a few more points, but yeah. the kicking game could still be the the tiebreaker, the difference in these. And they haven't they haven't played up to their standards really for more than a year now in that area. Yeah, and they they're going to need to clean that up and a lot of other things real quick. I think uh, I think we can both agree that our three big takeaways from the game now a couple days removed as well as the week twelve Sunday fun day are that Mac Jones and the offense have turned a corner. Can they continue down the road from the corner that they've turned, or will they regress now that they are going to face stiffer competition, better defenses, and have to produce? more points on a regular basis with games like Buffalo, the Raiders, the Cardinals, Buffalo, Miami, Cincinnati. It's a hell of a final six stretch to try to make the playoffs. And they all looked pretty good yesterday. And they all did look pretty good yesterday as well. Yeah. Now that Raiders game. Yeah. Offense coming alive. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray. I watch him run around left end into the end zone. I'm like, oh yeah, he could give the Patriots defense some problems. Like Josh Jacobs is a load and a handful. And then some now once again. Yeah, I wouldn't mind signing him in the offseason. What do you think of Ramondre and Josh Jacobs? Oh. Swap out a Damian Harris, always injured, for Josh Jacobs. All day. I wonder what kind of payday he's going to command. He'll have a market for himself when he's having days like that, winning games with 84-yard OT scampers. And some of us who had him in specialty, I mean, uh, fantasy football certainly enjoyed it as well. Oh, we did indeed. We did indeed. 100 yards from scrimmage, one of the greatest performances in mm. history. Unreal. Mm. Good for that. Um, you're also going to need to clean up the mistakes. Will it be enough time to clean those mistakes up for Buffalo and for the stretch run? Don't even worry about the rest of the games. You've got to clean up these. You have to clean up your red zone act. You've got to clean up your penalties. You've got to clean up your special teams big time because Buffalo, Josh Allen, he might give you a couple Thursday night. You're going to he have has. to catch him if he does. He's been giving them to a lot of different people. Of course, he um, also might run you over for like 90 yards rushing and yep. <laughs> make a throw in the middle of the field to set up game winning plays and those types of things that he can also do. And that final takeaway If the offense does turn the corner, stay turned around that corner and keep up with the trend that they started setting last week. And you can clean up the mistakes. The Patriots can be competitive. And the ultimate litmus test for this final stretch run and whether or not they can keep up, clean up, and turn that corner is the Bills. And we are going to have one 
hell of a preview episode coming up next time you tune in to the six rings podcast wherever you get your podcast at six rings pod on all the socials as well we'll have a preview hopefully maybe somebody from a national football league network may be stopping by to help us deliver a little bills pats preview we'll give you our predictions analysis score and so much more andy before we wrap this little impromptu monday morning six rings pod any final thoughts uh my final thought is you touched on it earlier the bad football thing I don't know if I have done what Patriots fans have done and just accepted reality, but I did see some bad football yesterday, but I was also still entertained. I was okay mm -hmm. with it. And I just, and I don't know if that's just, okay, we're coming down the home stretch. The postseason's around the corner. I feel like, you know, it's just, it, it shows you once again, just how far ahead the NFL is over everybody else. Like even when maybe they're not having their best season and there's mistakes and there's, a ton of backup quarterbacks on the field, you still kind of enjoy it. You still kind of mm -hmm. like shake off the 10-9 score. And by the end, they're all headed towards overtime, going for two to avoid overtime. And you're like, oh, it's, it's a pretty good weekend. And then you watch the, the primetime game between the Packers and the Eagles. And you're like, I mean, there was more entertainment in that first half first, first half great. than Patriots Jets over the last three years, practically. Right. Um, so, you know, for all the... Uh, lamenting that it's a down year and bad year. Well, you know what? Feels like we're picking up steam towards what could be an entertaining December and January and beyond for the NFL. And I'll say this as we close and wrap up uh, another episode. If the Patriots are to go anywhere from 6-0 and to 0-6 during this final stretch, I would much will. rather they do so. And you think they'll probably it'll be much more O-end as opposed no, no, to... I'm just saying they will indeed go somewhere between 6 and 0. Yep, and they most certainly will. It'll be somewhere between 6-0 and 0 and 0-6. And that we can guarantee. Yep. Uh, I would rather they do that going down gloriously in battle, kind of like they did against Minnesota, as opposed to grinding out miserable... You know, Sure, you want the wins, but I would rather they go down valiantly swinging their sword like they did last week as opposed to just grinding out crap wins or not showing you any progress especially on offense that's all on mac that's mac and the offense and if you want one positive takeaway i still go back to thursday night the opening drive of the game the opening mm. drive of the second half they were mm. able to march right down the field make plays through the air mac looked comfortable and in charge he had protection because, of course, you know, you always have a better offensive line when you're down multiple starters in front of you. That's always the best case scenario. Oh, always. Whatever they it got is. rid of the ball quickly, Andy. They yep. got the ball out quick, which is a huge plus for that offense. Well, the beauty of it, they got the ball out quick, but they still made plays down the field. There was yeah. a balance. There was a pick your spots nature to it. So you can do it. That was like the kid who fails all the tests and says, I can't do this, dad. And then he does it once. And you're like, you know what you did now? You proved to me you can do it. Now work harder and get it done more consistently, kid. And maybe David Andrews will be back on Thursday night as well. He had to miss last week's game with that thigh contusion. Obviously, it wasn't season ending. So there is hope, Pats fans. There is hope indeed for a valiant, if not possibly victorious stretch run. And it begins again Thursday against the Bills. What a game it's going to be. What a preview pod we'll have for you the next time we talk. Until then, for at Jumbo Hart, this is at Fitzy GFY saying thanks for listening to Six Rings and Football Things. Give us a follow, rate, review, share, and subscribe. We're building a great Patriots community here, and we love having you guys a part of it. Till the next time, go Pats, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya!